It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to Today with Dr. Wendy. We are delighted that you are joined us. We also have a very important guest today we're going to introduce to you in just one minute. But as always, I am joined by my co-host, Larry Dersham. We are both Long-time attorneys, we've seen and done it all, but both of us wondered whether that was in fact true when we read the latest book of our guest, Nancy Grace. Now, Nancy Grace is a woman that doesn't need an introduction. We, everybody knows who she is. You've seen her on television. You've no doubt read some of her, her award-winning books, New York Times bestsellers. And one of the things that I find the absolutely most lovable about Nancy is her personal life. She is raising two adorable twins. She has a wonderful husband. And she also manages somehow to juggle being an award-winning legal journalist, victim's rights advocate, author, headliner. She has her own show, Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, and also has time to join us to do this interview. Nancy, my friend, thank you so much for your time and joining us today. Oh, my goodness. I hope I can live up to that intro. Thank you, Wendy. (laughs) Well, I shared with our listeners that one of the things I find most impressive about you, Nancy, is you spend so much time talking about all the great accomplishments that other people have achieved, what they've written, what they've done, the cases they've prosecuted, handled, investigated. Is there a case that you've handled in all of the illustrious years you spent as a special prosecutor that stands out to you? Oh, my goodness. You know what, Wendy? People often ask me, what's your, quote, favorite case? And that always strikes me because um, when I went to the Fulton County District Attorney's Office in inner city Atlanta, I was trying solely felonies and typically murders. Um, After a few years, I developed the expertise in serial spree murder serial rape, serial child molestation, and of course, all sorts of arson. And it's hard to call any of those a favorite case. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I think very often about cases that involved children. And I recall how easily manipulated they are when their adult attackers convince them to change their stories or recant. And I remember particularly one little boy who was learning disabled. And at that time, the only thing that he would really respond to is a video arcade. And his mom would give him change and he'd go to the arcade. That is when the attacker groomed him and repeatedly molested him. And the reward would be a roll of quarters. And when I put the little boy on the stand, which I did not want to do, but I had to in order to secure conviction, he couldn't really speak to me. He didn't want to talk about it. And somehow I remember approaching him over objection of defense and getting close to him and holding his hands and asking him Mm. to tell me what happened, and he did. And he just looked at me. I was just a few feet away, and everything else in the courtroom seemed to melt away. It was as if the jury wasn't there, the judge wasn't there. 
and then he finished. And I could have rested the case right there, but of course I didn't. But what these child victims go through, and they're never the same. They go on in life. I mean, we've seen that. They survive, right. but they're never the same. And that is in, uh, one case that nobody's ever heard of, but I remember like it was yesterday. You know, and the human element, the dynamics, the the care, compassion, and the instincts that you had in the moment, that's probably one of the things you would remember. What an excellent case. And I love that you shared that example rather than your absolute innumerable wins. In fact, I know you've never lost a felony case. So that well, is I really- I better knock on wood on that one, hold on. Yeah, I know, right, okay. let's, not, let's not jinx it. I wish I could say that, but I couldn't even say that five years in. You know, tempering all that experience, I also know that you executive produce a Hallmark movie and mystery franchise. So you really have seen it all. And you know, my co-host Larry, he has a question for you about uh, one of the most interesting chapters in your book that's near and dear to the heart of, of many of us in America. Larry, what do you have? Right. Hi, Nancy. Uh, just first of all, I'm a huge fan of yours, and my daughter is a huge, huge fan of all your work. Just wanted to get that out. But, uh, Nancy, this great book that you just wrote, Don't Be a Victim, Fighting Back Against America's Crime Wave. Well, I have this question. Uh, you've written this wonderful book on how to avoid being a victim, but reports are that gun sales are way up as a result of all the riots that have been happening uh, to many of our cities throughout the summer. And I just wanted to get a quick take. What are your views on the Second Amendment? The right to bear arms. Um, I would never even consider taking away the right to bear arms, but speaking as a victim of gun violence myself, my fiance was murdered just shortly before our wedding. He took five bullets to the head, the face, the neck, and the back. That in mind, uh, when I was a prosecutor, we had to qualify to carry a gun And I had to go every six months and practice at the range. And um, I remember the first time I had to pick up a gun Mm. as a prosecutor. I felt like it was burning my fingers. I wanted to put it down as, as fast as I could. I do not advocate taking away the right to bear arms. I do question why anyone would need automatic weapons like an Uzi or a machine gun type case. For instance, it brings to mind a case I had where a a doper gunned down what he thought at a distance with a scope was another doper. When in fact, it was a 12-year-old boy. His nickname was Moonbeam, and he played in the school band. And I remember Moonbeam crying out for his mother as he was crawling after getting shot with uh, an Uzi-type weapon at a distance. And the perp kept shooting. And the defense at trial was, believe it or not, I don't think this really even exists in the law, transferred intent. I meant to kill a doper, but instead I killed this little boy. Of course, that didn't work with the jury. But my point was, I remember holding up the gun in front of the jury. I said, look at this. This looks like it came straight out of hell. Yes. What is this? Why do we have this in our beautiful world? So I'm very conflicted over the right to bear arms, and I would never suggest our founding fathers were wrong. 
But I do believe in gun control. Sure. I don't think we need to have a cache of 200 guns in our basement, <laughs> and I don't think we need to have automatic weapons like machine guns, for mm-hmm. Pete's sake. Now, where, what's the middle ground? I don't know that. I have to be a Second Amendment scholar. But That's I know right. what I know. I know the vast majority of murders I prosecuted were with guns. That's right. Absolutely. You know, God has uniquely equipped you for doing exactly what you're doing today. I don't know of anyone who's had more experience, both personally and professionally, that absolutely makes you a credible authoritarian voice on so many of these very important societal issues. Some of the points you just made, I mean, you can imagine people need to be hearing those points on the floor of Congress. That's very important, really, perspective oh, looking Wendy, at some of these Wendy, issues. Wendy, 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 do you think <laughs> they care? I mean, I don't want to burst your bubble, but think about it. Think about Vanessa Gann, who was murdered at Fort Hood, and they're still lying about it, by the way. And listen, I love the military. My dad fought in the World War. My father-in-law fought in the Korean War. I'm all about the military. But what they're doing at Hood is wrong. And my point is that I am Vanessa Gian Bill has been sitting there waiting to get introduced on the House floor for weeks. And they're yeah, along with many different. others. Yeah, I guess no, the whole no thing doubt. is to use it as some bargaining chip somewhere along the way. But I, yeah. I think they'll do whatever's best for them. Well, I think that you also bring up a good point that, you know, you, you've really framed the issue, but if they were to take it up, they would have done so so long ago that would have so many more solutions than we do. And unfortunately, there's just too many more shootings and talk and stockpiling weapons and not enough way to, to track them. So I think that's all at absolutely fair points. So that was one of the, the chapters that uh, Larry liked, um, although we both liked all of them. I have to say, not that I'm in, involved in this, who has the time, but the internet dating chapter was very curious to me. It was fascinating um, because, you know, sometimes you quote my book, Red Flags, on your show, and that there's a lot of that in there is how do you know when you have such limited access to someone? What, are, what have you seen in your career that are the biggest red flags that you can tell in a venue designed for people to put their best foot forward like internet dating? Well, for one thing, after... Uh, a period of time, and your date won't tell you where you live, won't <laughs> give you a home phone number. You find uh, discrepancies in what they say is true, what you know to be true. Always Google them, Google their phone number, Google their work, Google their address, Google everything about them, look at their social media. And if you're starting to get serious about somebody, I mean, I don't want to ruin the romance, but for Pete's sake, throw out the $25 and get a background check. And also, I know nobody's going to like this, but get a credit (laughs) check too, because so many women have been ripped off by guys that want money. No offense, Larry, not talking about you, but I mean, they, so many educated women have been ripped off by guys that really are after not only their money, their checking account, but their credit rating. For instance, they'll get them to co-sign for a condo or a car or something, and they'll latch on to your credit rating, and then they'll go open credit cards, buy a condo, do this, do that, get a car. Based on your credit rating, it's happening. And oh, yeah. there's so many ways that you can stay safe, not just checking out the guy that you may be going out with, but never, 
ever give your place of business, your address. There is an app where you can actually have a di- – and it's not hard to do. It's not hard to do at all. An app where you can have a dating phone number, and it automatically comes to your actual phone, but they don't have your real phone, so they can't reverse search it and get your address. There's just oh, a so- million things you can do. Don't take pictures with your home or your car in the background. Or not yeah, certainly no, not in front of your, your door with your address over the top. I mean, there's a million <laughs> things you can do to, to be careful. Those are great points. You know, I'm going to ask our producer for 30 more seconds because I want to end with one question, Nancy, about Internet dating that I get asked more than any other. Is it ever okay or should you overlook the fact that a potential suitor has lied about his or her age? No, Is that a big please, deal? Please, please don't. Don't, especially like if you see it on their profile and, you, you know, you're interested. But when you ask them and you find out they lie, because, come on, you really think my weight on my driver's license is real? No. Maybe when I was 21. Maybe when I was 14. But if you are now talking to them and they are lying to you and you find out about it, run for the hills as if you had seen a monster. Amen. Amen. Nancy, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Where is the best place for our listeners to find out more about you? I know you're all over the internet. Everybody knows who you are, but just in case they want to buy this next, this wonderful book you just wrote. Oh man, I appreciate that. And I want you to know that all the, all 100% of my proceeds are going to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Yes. I'm not making a profit off this. You go to nancygracebook.com and it's all there, all the outlets like, you know, Target, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, they're all right there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nancy, for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Nancy. You, you are listening to, yes, thank you. And thank you to our listeners. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Please join us next week and God bless you. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.